Welcome to the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are and you know what time it is. This is Tyler Chef, and I'm the host of the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. And guys, got some good stuff for you coming up this week. We're going to talk about short-term rentals. We're going to talk about things like occupancy rate and how to make money with short-term rentals is the topic of today's uh, episode. And before we get kicking, though, guys, I, I got a I got a passion project for you I want to talk about and I want to explain to you briefly how this came to play. Uh, a buddy of mine, a guy I recently met down here in Key West, his name is Scott Gerke. Uh, he's a content creator and he's a YouTuber, right? So he's got a YouTube channel where he talks about, uh, basically it's about, you know, reach out and say hello to somebody and start a new friendship, right? And his content is incredible. It really is. So first of all, head over to YouTube, type in the words Scott and then Gerke, and that's G-E-R-K-E, Scott Gerke. Consume some of his content. Uh, for whatever reason, the YouTube algorithm hasn't picked up and made him a superstar yet. But uh, I'm t- to tell you, I've binged it on his content. It's fantastic. And it's feel good. And he, I, So I invited him out to lunch a couple weeks ago, actually last week, and got to know him. And he's a great dude. He really is. And I, he's one of those people that makes Key West what it is. He's definitely, I would call him a Key West ambassador, for lack of a better term, although there's a program for that. But so in knowing him, you know, you, you, you do what new people do that get to know each other and become friends as you, uh, friend each other on Facebook. So the other night I'm sitting there and I see this post pop up and I see a Pelican on his Facebook feed. I'm like, what's this about? Start digging into it and come to find out, uh, his girlfriend works at the Key West wildlife center and, uh, Scott actually volunteers there as well. And he's got a passion project. And I got to tell you, I'm a huge huge lover of animals, dogs, cats, birds. I like them all, but snakes. I I mean, I'm sure they have a place in society, just not anywhere near me. But uh, that said, the the Key West Wildlife Center is in trouble, guys. I'm going to be flat out with you. They're in trouble. That's why I'm going to take just a minute or two to talk about the Key West Wildlife Center. They're in trouble. And I've learned a lot since I dove into what's going on. What's the problem? And the problem really is us, is us humans. So you might think, why am I going to support something down in Key West? Why would I, why, why would I even bring it up something about birds in Key West? What, who cares about Key West birds, right? Well, you should care because the birds in your local neighborhood, I don't care if you're from New York, Seattle, whatever, birds migrate south in the wintertime, okay? Birds from all over the country come to Florida with the Q-tip, oh, folks, you know, they're coming on 95 and 75, and the birds, well, they're taking the aerial view. They're not flying on the jet. They're flying down to Florida. They wind up in Key West because every weekend, but this weekend, it is bitter cold. And I know all you people up in the north are like, shut up, Tyler. We don't want to hear you bitch about the cold. I get it. It's like 40 degrees here, 50 degrees or something. It's just stupid. Uh, it feels like it's snowing, and I get it. I'm a big baby, and I get it. But understand the birds come here to stay warm in the wintertime, and they hang out here. And this this not-for-profit Key West Wildlife Center, its job really is to help the birds that come here. And some of the species, depending on the species, some of them will come here, hang out for a little bit, and then they continue flying south. And then at some point of the year, they turn around and they go the other direction. Well, the Key West, Key West Wildlife Center is here for their 24-hour rescue service. And this again, this is not-for-profit, so it's not like you know, a bunch of a bougie, whatever, just throwing money around like they got nothing better to do. These are people that actually care. I mean, they're bootstrapping this thing. They're putting this together and they're doing good work and they're here on the island of Key West. Um, so I, they need help. And the help they need is it's not cheap to run any type of business in Key West. And this isn't even a business that's for profit. So you can imagine 
how much it costs to have a little bit of real estate here where you can take care of these birds. And then you got the medical staff and the research teams and the and the rescue teams and organizing volunteers. And it's crazy. Uh, they provide rehabilitative care to over 1,400 birds per year. I mean, you name it, ospreys, hawks, pelicans. I could go on and on and on and on and on. And they just do really good work. And I want to I wanna support this project. I'm going to make a donation myself. Uh, and I ask you, you can do either do a monthly donation. I don't care if it's a dollar a month, $5 a month, whatever it is, or just one time, five bucks to shuttle Uncle Tyler up, whatever. But if you're in, if you're an animal person, if you're an animal lover like I am, and you have a couple dollars to throw at these folks to help out, uh, I'd greatly appreciate it to be a, a personal favor to me. And uh, it, w- it would just go a long way to help the birds. And, you know, guys, we have to give back to nature. And I'm not going to get into the big long song and dance and, you know, go crazy on the topic. But at the end of the day, the best thing about Key West, besides the people, is the nature of the environment. And I see like the ocean, and I'm a big steward of, of ocean conservancy and, and, the, and as far as the fishing population and whatnot. And so a lot of you know that I was in the commercial industry for a couple of years and I was a captain and whatnot. And I ran charter boats and all that good stuff when I was up in Tarpon Springs. And the one thing you learn when you depend on the ocean for your livelihood, you better damn sure better respect it. And, you know, birds, birds are what bring us peace and happiness. Uh, they're part of the nature cycle. And I just hope that if you're out there, you're hearing the sound of my voice and you have a couple dollars and you're willing to help these folks out that you'll head over to just go to, uh, just go to cashflowguys.com cashflowguys.com forward slash birds. <clears throat> Again, that's cashflowguys.com forward slash birds. It will take you right over to the Key West Wildlife Center. And the reason why I made that pretty link is because I guess there's more than one type of venue in the Florida Keys that uses the moniker Key West Wildlife Center. And the one that I'm talking about, nothing, no disrespect to those uh, those other loca- those other facilities, but what I'm talking about is right here in Key West. And it, and it hits home with somebody that, uh, people that I'm getting to know and, and new friends and whatnot. And I would just love to see the Cashville Guys community reach out to these folks. And, uh, and if you're in town, if maybe you're listening to my voice and you live in Key West, maybe they need some volunteer staff. They got a fundraiser coming up looking to raise money. And uh, I'd love to be part of this whole process. I think it's good to give back guys. It's, it's really good to give back. I've been fortunate. Uh, I'm, you know, the, the community has given to me, so I'm going to give to it now on with the episode at that point, let's talk about uh, let's get started with the short-term rental thing. We've talked about short-term rentals before guys. So there's a couple things that I want to make perfectly clear. And Part of this comes from a lot of folks are interested in vacation rental space. I get it. And I'm getting a lot of phone calls. I've got the keywestrealtor.com website. And of course, my my new YouTube channel is out in Key West. And I'm basically giving you guys, the people that are watching the channel, folks that want to move to Key West, or maybe they want to buy a property in Key West at some point. I'm using the YouTube channel as a way to educate people. You guys know, listen to the podcast that I love to help people learn and educate and add value anywhere I can. I mean, it wasn't for people like Larry Harbolt and Peter Fortunato and real estate guys and Jay Massey and all the different people that I've learned from over the years. Uh, I wouldn't have gotten to where I was, where I am. And I certainly wouldn't have been in a financial position to be able to pack up my family and move to Key West. So I thank those that poured into me and I'm of course pouring to you guys. Well, Key West is, is no different now. I want to cover a couple different metrics that a lot of people tend to overlook and we get caught up in, and I see this a lot with new people. We get caught up in things like logos and, you know, 
making things pretty and whatnot, but we skip the business research part of it. Now I say to people sometimes, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to get a free house in Key West. And it's true because you can literally get a free house in Key West, but that starts with that whole tutorial begins with a mindset shift. Now, those of you that were involved in our uh, webinar the other day, uh, the Key West Cashflow webinar, those of you that uh, jumped on with us, you learned this topic. We talked about several different metrics that we look at when we analyze a market. And you have to look into these things before you even start focusing on logos and anything like that. You got to understand what's going on in the marketplace and more importantly, who you're serving in the marketplace and what the market will bear. And that's going to help you decide what niche in the short-term rental business you want to fall in. Now, as I say that, you're probably thinking, well, dude, I'm already in a niche because it's the short-term rental business, right? But then there are sub-niches or um, micro-economies in between them Now, in that, within that. So let's start with occupancy rate. Now, I can tell you the national average occupancy rate in the hotel industry, the hospitality industry, hovers at around 60%. And that's a give or take, right? So in some markets, you'll see it a little bit higher. In other markets, you'll see it considerably lower, depending on what's going on in the area, right? How beneficial is it for people to travel there? So if you're in a travel destination like Key West, Key West averages 87%. And I can tell you last summer, it was scraping the top of the food chain at like 99, 97, 100%. Every other day, it seemed like it just kept maxing out. There was no place to get a rental anywhere in the, in the island uh, last summer. It was just nuts. But I guess when with COVID and all that, you lock people into a cage and then you suddenly let the open the swing open the gates. That's what you can expect. But you have to understand the running uh, averages in a market. In other words, when you underwrite rentals, especially with short-term rentals, We've got a new little thing called COVID that is going to skew the numbers. And in some cases, the numbers will look really bad when they normally wouldn't be. And you don't want to use that in your underwriting uh, without looking at the big picture. To the same degree, we had a that big boost, right? So yes, the first couple of months of the year, for example, in Key West were crickets. I mean, it looked like an EKG from a dead guy. But then when it opened up in March or in June 1st, rather, uh, it went crazy. I mean, literally went crazy in June. I remember I was actually in line traffic of traffic on A1A down in Key Largo on June 1st. I was there when they took the barricades down and it was crazy. And that was over a year ago, but it, it I mean, it was an insane line. Uh, and that's just how bad people were itching to get into Key West. So had the government not shut down the city, it would have continued to, to uh, go crazy. Now I'm not, saying I'm, I'm rallying against shutdowns or I have an opinion on the topic because, you know, you do what you got to do. Nobody really knew what the hell was happening. So before you freak out, just think nobody really knew what the hell to do. Nobody. Uh, I don't care what side of the thing you're on. This was a new one on all of us. It caught us all by surprise. Is what it is. We're not going to go back and live in the past. Instead, let's focus on the future. Occupancy rate. You need to be crystal clear on what the occupancy rate is for the market you're going to choose, okay? It's cool to own pretty properties, but will people stay there is the question. And if so, how often will they stay there? Understand this, empty beds results in empty pockets. The short-term rental operator needs to know how to fill empty beds, okay? The operator needs to be following the always be closing principles, okay? Always be closing. That's ABC, always be closing, which means your staff needs to be trained if you have one. And if you don't have one, that's you. Your staff needs to be trained on getting people to commit. 
Okay. Getting, asking for the business. When people inquire, whoever's the happy person that is a good writer should be the one responding to those emails. Uh, because there's, you have to convert the, the uh, lead. You absolutely have to convert them. And if you're not the type of person that can convert leads to sales, then you need to put somebody on your team that has that ability. Okay. Um, now a lot of the process, once you get up and rolling and figuring out what works in your market, a lot of that process can be automated. Okay. Um, you can literally write pre-written responses, pre-written text messages, all that good stuff. It's not hard to do, but you got to start somewhere and you know, you're going to have all kinds of wacky questions. Trust me, guys, there are times a question, I see questions come through on the email. I'm like, that is the dumbest question on the planet. But nonetheless, you or your system needs to answer it and do it with a smile on your face. So keep that in mind. Um, the thing to think about, though, the next part of this is uh, the what are the surges, right? So for a couple months, COVID shut everything down, which means the numbers are terrible. But does that mean that what you're looking at is a terrible deal? No, it means that when COVID happens or something happens that absolutely shuts shutters a business, all businesses are going to have a hiccup in their numbers. But with that said, some operators, and be careful of this, are leaving those numbers out, only showing you the explosion afterwards of business come running down the door. And they look, 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 look how well we did in the middle of COVID. Um, no, uh, you did well after COVID, but where are the numbers from the three months prior? And then they, they look at the ceiling and the floor. That's because they're not being completely transparent with you. That should be a concern. So you need to be diving deep. Let's talk about historical market revenue. You need to know whether the market is trending up or down over a long period of time. So for me, that means two or more years. Now, here's the thing. People say, why not 20 years, Tyler? Well, because the short-term rental uh, data hasn't been out that long. They really haven't had good data, data points that go much farther back than the last couple, two, three years, maybe four, depending on where your data points are. Now, this is not a sponsorship plug, but AirDNA is one of the websites that I use and I rely on to give me data. But that said, that's, you know, to some degree, it's garbage in garbage out. You got to also have some local knowledge to understand what's legit. You got to read the little question marks when it throws something up or a little information thing to see what is historical market revenue. Well, if it says that the market did $19 million, but you're how, and that's good. if that's an upswing, but the property you're buying is a train wreck and you don't plan on fixing that train wreck. Well, guess what? you are not going to really contribute much to those numbers and you're going to fail miserably. So you really need to look at where do I fit? What In what percentile does my asset or the, does the asset I want to buy going to fit? You know, you want to kind of be around the 75th percent percentile. You want to be in the group where you're getting a little bit more revenue than everybody else. You don't want to be the low man on the totem pole. I can tell you the last thing you ever want is a race to the bottom. And there, when up in Tarpon Springs, when we first got into the space, that's what we it ran into was these folks were like a lot of these, they're just amateurs. They've, they're right out their bedroom and they're willing to give it away. I mean, literally, I'm, I had I was dumb enough to compete with people that are renting their place for 30 bucks a night. And finally, my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I figured I'd put them out of business. Well, you're going to put us out of business if you keep that crap up. So I had to change gears and learn how to give more value. What does that mean? That means I don't rely on Airbnb and Verbo and just the websites alone to book my places. I have a Google business page and I pay money to Google because if you want Google to do anything for you, you better open your wallet. Okay. You, you got to break out your credit card because they don't care about you. 
unless you're swiping a credit card and you better be swiping big dollars or they're just going to help you out of your cash. No, that's the case. Um, the same thing goes for Facebook. Now you could sit there and go, Oh, greedy capitalist pigs. Well, you know, you can't run a multi-billion dollar business without multi-billions of dollars coming in the door. So they got to get their money from somewhere. And with social media, that somewhere means they're, uh, they're advertisers. Facebook's entire existence comes down to advertisers. Uh, if you haven't learned that one, then knock, knock, pay attention. You need to pay attention. Uh, average daily rate is another one um, that is a huge metric because you need to know what the average daily rate is in the marketplace that you're serving. And more importantly, um, where does your unit fit into that average daily rate? There is an average daily rate for studios, one for one bedrooms, one for two bedrooms, one for three bedrooms. What you'll find is that the ADR, the average daily rate, will will vary whether it's a vacation rental or a uh, a hotel. Okay, sometimes in some markets, hotels actually bring a higher ADR, average daily rate, than Airbnbs and guest houses. Why is that? Well, there's lots of different reasons for that. Number one, hotels have professional professional marketing teams behind them, so they are really pushing, 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 pushing. So when you see that a hotel that's got a really high, high ADR, or you see in in a marketplace that the hotels, their ADR is really, really high. That's a good indication that the hotels in that market have their act together. Now in other hotels or or other areas where it's maybe a mom and pop type place uh, where everybody's flying by the seat of their pants and the hotels ADR is lower than the guest houses. That would tell you that the are, they are probably most of the hotels are probably mom and pop. And unfortunately mom and pop doesn't embrace the, the new world of marketing and, and all the stuff getting the word out there. So these are things that you, you need to keep in mind and you should know the answers to these questions. I should be able to walk up to you and say, Hey, John, you're going to buy a short term rental in Buffalo. What's the ADR for a two bedroom in Buffalo? And if you don't have an answer, well, you need to pump the brakes and don't do anything until you know what an ADR is for your market. Now it's cool about Key West. It's such a small town. It's literally two miles by four miles with a 26,000 person population the ADRs are well ingrained and there's good data. And as a matter of fact, in Key West, the Chamber of Commerce maintains a full-time statistician just keeping tabs on the hospitality industry and the tourism industry. So it's kind of like we have all these extra people that we don't have to pay for helping us build our business, which is pretty awesome. Now the folks that are on the webinar, of course, you guys know that, heard that. And I'm here to tell you, it's the God's honest truth and it's a beautiful thing. It's almost like weaponizing the short-term rental business. It's kind of cool. Uh, lastly, the last term I want to talk about is, uh, the. It's, frankly, it's my secret weapon. That's dynamic pricing. Guys, when you're looking at existing properties, one of the things, if, if you're looking for comparables, like what is that guy getting per month, try to decide, try to learn, study their business model, look at their websites, look at the rates on Airbnb and Verbo and whatnot, and see if you can determine if they're using dynamic pricing or not. If you see a guest house or an Airbnb that's a comparable for yours and they have the same price every day or if uh, maybe they're 125 during the week and 165 during the weekend that generally will tell you that they're not using dynamic pricing if it's a specific repeatable number the same number all the time or on weekends versus weekdays then that's probably a good indication that they're not using dynamic pricing and when they're not using dynamic pricing that's what you call value add. So I wouldn't necessarily worry about so much about competing with them, buy them. Okay. Buy them. Uh, the properties that we're negotiating with here in Key West, the ones that some of my 
my close investor friends and I are going to take down here in the coming weeks, these properties are not using dynamic pricing, which means if they haven't even learned how to do it or implement it at all, they're probably not going to. That means huge upside potential. That means I can come in, I can come to the table with a real serious strong offer because I know how to fix their number one problem. And that's obviously not, they're not profitable enough. Well, I know how to fix that. See, I've already used all the software systems out there that do dynamic pricing. I've learned their strengths and weaknesses, and I put together my own system that's proprietary to keep tabs on what's going on in the market and make rate adjustments. You can't, I have not found, ladies and gentlemen, one product that's a done for you does it all. I don't think it exists. You have to look at the whole picture. One part of my rating structure, I'll be honest with you, part of my rating structure is what's going on at the airport. How many flights are due in, and, and and I pay big time attention to the Chamber of Commerce. I want to know who's coming in and how they're getting here. Are they coming here by cruise ship, by car, or airplane. And when I know that answer, I want to know why. I want to know these things because that's where I can put spend some of my advertising dollars. I can keyword optimize to attract these people. I can actually tell Facebook to ping people that have considered coming to Key West. I mean, it's kind of freaky what they know about you. So, guys. These are just a couple of things that you really need to think about before you get rolling in the short-term rental space. And if you want more information on this, you guys want me to deep dive on any of these, shout me a, send me an email, uh, info at cashflowguys.com. Say, Tyler, deep dive on that short-term rental stuff. I want to learn more about it. I could go on for hours and hours and hours on each one of the things I mentioned today, but I want to kind of hit you with a 30,000-yard view. I know a lot of you guys, uh, you're not accredited investors. You didn't come to the webinar, and that's cool. But you missed, a, I think, a great education because the the – the response was awesome. Speaking of which, if you ever thought about investing in Key West, then you need to go to keywestcashflow.com and make sure you jump in. Send me an email, Tyler, keywestcashflow.com. Let's get you pointed in the right direction or at least talk about the future and how you can make it happen. So guys, um, as always, making money isn't rocket science, but it does take you stepping outside of your comfort zone. It does take you taking massive action, moving towards a certain way and, and peeling things apart. The short-term rental space, long-term rental space, doesn't matter what space you're in. If your money is out working for you and you're helping other people, you're going to do really, really well. But you got to start. You really can't wait any longer for things to come to you. You just got to decide it's yours. You got to make it your decision to go out and take massive action to get it done so that you can cash flow and and take your family to a different place, a better place. It's going to be a great 2022, guys. I'm, I'm bringing that forward. I keep saying it over and over again because that's how it's going to be. Catch up with you next time, guys. Have a great one. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.